bringing you the truth behind the news. Welcome to The New American. Today we're going to discuss America's descent into a police state. Every totalitarian regime has its enforcement arm, its dreaded police apparatus, KGB, Gestapo, Stasi. These evil outfits exist only to strike horror into the hearts of citizens and to turn them into fearful, compliant drones who won't challenge the regime's power. And above all, totalitarian regimes crave power and they do whatever it takes to establish it and then to keep it. In America, we've been uniquely blessed not to have a national police force that answers to the despots in power, and for the most part, we've been blessed not to have despots in power. In establishing our constitution, the founders wisely put police powers in the hands of state and local governments. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But American uniqueness, its lack of a police state, is changing. Millions of Americans have awakened to the reality that our country is descending into madness, chaos, and widespread corruption. For example, the FBI, which generations of Americans once trusted and respected, has morphed into a completely politicized tool of oppression. This has especially ramped up under the Biden administration. Reflecting the concern of millions of Americans, award-winning filmmaker and author Dinesh D'Souza and popular radio host Dan Bongino just released a new documentary called Police State. The movie warns that we are headed down a fatal path and that we need to put on the brakes and reverse course before it's too late. Let's listen to part of the trailer. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? In addition to interviews with legislators, whistleblowers, journalists, and former prosecutors, D'Souza includes powerful interviews with victims whose lives were turned upside down after Biden's Gestapo falsely targeted them as domestic extremists. Especially gut-wrenching is the interview with 70-year-old Joseph Bolanos, who was arrested in an FBI smash-and-grab raid at the Manhattan apartment of his 94-year-old mother, whom he was caring for. Bolanos' crime was going to Washington, D.C. for the January 6th rally with President Trump, but he didn't even go inside the Capitol. Mark Houck, the pro-life father of seven whose family was terrorized in an early morning, no-warrant, SWAT-style raid, is another interview. The FBI assault squad arrived in a convoy of more than a dozen vehicles with a platoon of agents all armored up in battle gear like Marines storming Baghdad in search of Saddam Hussein. They pointed their weapons at Hauk's wife and the horrified children as they dragged them away in shackles and trashed the Hauk family home, ostensibly in search of evidence. Incidentally, a jury subsequently acquitted Mark Hauk of all the trumped up charges. We are living in unprecedented times for America. The deep state Biden administration is brazenly weaponizing the Justice Department to go after Biden's top opponents in the upcoming 2024 election. It's also going full scorch earth against all of its enemies, from President Trump, Roger Stone, 
and Peter Navarro to moms who speak out at school board meetings against LGBTQ indoctrination and to Catholics who attend traditional Latin mass. They are using the iron fist of government to crush all opposition and terrorize all potential opposition into quivering submission. The New American Magazine has been warning about the emergence of a police state for decades. Our 1994 special issue toward a police state and our 2002 special issue, The Rising Police State, are just two of the detailed reports we have produced itemizing the ominous measures that are being put into place under the guise of the war on terrorism, the war on drugs, and the war on extremism. So joining me for today's discussion is Editor-in-Chief of The New American, Gary Benoit, and longtime senior editor and renowned investigative reporter, Bill Jasper. He's coming in via video. Hi, Bill. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. Uh, well, this is no laughing matter, Bill, so I'm gonna go <laughs> to you first here. Um, I think the, the most logical question is, where are we in America today as far as our descent into this police state tyranny? Well, that's a very good question, a very important one. And unfortunately, uh, the answer is not what most people would want to hear because we are uh, very far advanced in the movement toward a police state. Some people would say, in fact, Don, Dan Bongino in, in the video that you've just shown says we are already in a police state. And that is true in that the structures of a police state have been built. They've already been put in place uh, over the past couple of decades. And we warned each time these, move, these moves were being made with federal legislation that usually under the pretext of fighting crime, fighting terrorism, uh, fighting the drug trade, that each move in this direction is a, a huge assault on our constitutional system, our checks and balances, our protections as citizens, and that this would end up biting us. And it already did begin long before now, and we can go into some of those incidents that uh, that happened in years past. But now, since the Biden administration, all stops have been pulled, uh, taken off, and we are moving very rapidly towards full implementation of police state uh, uh, apparatus here in the United States now. What, what would you say are some of the most important, significant uh, police state controls that have been implemented over the last, I don't know, let's say 30 years? Because we've reported on that and you have, you've, you've reported most of these cover stories. So you've been all at the bottom of the, I mean, right, right there the whole time. Well, I mean, we can look at, uh, first of all, the features which are typical of every police state and then the legislation that uh, put them in place. But in every police state, whether it's the KGB in Soviet Russia or NKVD, it was previously called before that, or Fidel Castro's DGI, or the Ministry of State Security in Communist China, uh, or the Gestapo in, in Hitler's Germany, they all have common features. And that is they have uh, uh, surveillance uh, around the clock on all their all mm -hmm. their citizens. They have informers amongst uh, citizens to snitch on their neighbors. They employ a secret police, uh, which has uh, omnipotent powers to arrest uh, at any time. There is it is complete lawlessness enshrined where the rule of law 
simply becomes the will of the party or the leader. Uh, we have what about uh, secret courts? Prisoners, secret courts. Is that is that a characteristic? Secret courts, political pr prisoners, uh, l no due process. Uh, the courts just simply are a rubber stamp for uh, for the central power, for the executive branch. And then, of course, you end up with gulags uh, in, in every communist country, every totalitarian country. They call them different different things in various countries, but they're the same, where the political prisoners who do not submit to the totalitarian uh, demands are sent and executed or they die in uh, squalid labor. Yeah. Would, so what would be considered a, uh, a gulag here? Are we, are we talking about the D.C. gulag where J6 prisoners, would that be considered one? Would Gitmo be considered a, a political prisoner? Right. I mean, those are those are the preliminary ones. If we allow the police state to advance, obviously there will be many more. Uh, the, the D.C. Uh, gulag, as it's being called, which is really a number of different jails and prisons where the January 6th, defendants so-called have been placed many of them without due process many of them did not even get any court appearance or anything for hundreds of days so uh, we already have that in operation and of course the uh, the uh, Gitmo uh, in on Guantanamo uh, is also an, an example of that and yeah. it was made palatable to Americans because then we got to take a break we got to take a break and we're going to come right back. Freedom is the cure. You're dead on. This is the largest experiment performed on human beings in the history of the world. The more you know. What they're doing is they're forcing vaccination on people, and I believe they are killing people with this vaccination. The freer you are. It's murder. They are basically murdering people in hospitals. The all-cause mortality we know is now higher in the vaccinated group than the unvaccinated group. Stay informed on the issues that affect freedom. Get a subscription to The New American today. TheNewAmerican.com Welcome back. So Bill Jasper was describing the characteristics of a police state. Now, Bill, you were discussing a gulag, the, the parallel uh, for a gulag here in the U.S. You had mentioned Gitmo and these various jails in D.C. Did you want to mention anything more on that before we, met, we look at the other uh, attributes that you mentioned? Well, yes. So we've, we've seen, uh, and a few of these examples are uh, dramatized uh, or actually shown in the movie Police State. Uh, this is expanded beyond uh, the Islamic terrorist uh, suspects uh, and some of whom uh, were legitimate uh, suspects, uh, others who were just uh, lumped in and thrown in there. But this is now expanded to many Americans in the current uh, scheme of things under the Biden administration, of course, we have a pyramid of uh, of uh, danger, and it shows all of the various uh, groups and organizations that are 
uh, viewed as MAGA Republicans and domestic extremists. And uh, uh, we end up on there, as does the National Rifle Association, the uh, Christian Broadcasting Network, Heritage Foundation, yeah. uh, and many other conservative groups. So the and that's Biden administration and that's has something taken... That that's what that's what the that's what these totalitarian regimes do though is is that not a uh, basically labeling the opposition party the enemy that's another attribute of them isn't it well absolutely and in fact uh, what the biden administration is doing right now make a little segue here it's very important uh, we usually associate this with third world countries, banana republics, where the opposition party and opposition leaders are rounded up and, and thrown in prison. Uh, we have a, a very good example of this that the Biden administration is following because it, this is ongoing now in Nicaragua, where the Sandinista communist regime of Daniel Ortega has now taken off the gloves a year and a half ago. He, before their presidential election, he rounded up uh, and arrested uh, uh, Christina, Christiana uh, uh, Chamorro, who was the leading candidate, the daughter of Violeta Chamorro, former president of, of uh, Nicaragua. So he rounded her up, put her in prison, put her brother Pedro Chamorro in prison, put uh, hundreds of other opposition leaders, including those that were running for a Congress and for lower office. So if you want to make sure you're going to win an election, you just simply uh, arrest and indict and imprison your opposition. And that's what we uh, we see happening right now uh, with the Biden administration, what they're trying to do with Donald Trump and not only with him, but with many of his advisors, his lawyers, and even members of Congress who they accuse of uh, working in, in conspiracy with him. Yeah. Gary, I know you've seen the movie as well. Do you think it rings true? What does anything in there really resonate? And do they make a case that we have turned a good case that we have turned into a police state? They make a, a really good case. And uh, there are a couple of things I really liked about the movie. And one thing is that it didn't limit the problem to the liberal Democrats. Uh, it also pointed oh. out that there were Republicans who were involved, um, such as the Bushes, in terms of the building, Act. A, uh, building a police state, the Patriot Act, and, and so forth. So uh, I think that was really good that was done. But there's another factor, too, and that is the picture that it paints, because uh, what the film depicted uh, were not things that the American people would be unaware of. But it shows one example of a, an abuse, mm -hmm. another example of an abuse, another example of an abuse, and we're all aware of these things, but it brings them all together into one documentary. And I think part of the power of the film is the fact that it, it does that, that it paints this this picture to show, hey, wait a minute, these are not isolated things. Uh, these are part of an organized plan. Yeah. And uh, I, I think if I were to fault the, the film at all, it really did not talk about uh, solutions mm. uh, outside of the fact that it's not already too late. Uh, yeah. uh, but the solution, of course, is for people to become involved, not just informed, but also become involved. And of course, we would recommend that the best way of coming involved uh, is through our parent organization, the John Birch Society. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to get more on those details, especially near the end there, because uh, 
we are a solutions-based organization. But I'd like to get Bill back in here. And mm-hmm. you, you uh, I believe you even wrote an editor's note in this issue here in 2002, or maybe it's the other one, or maybe it's both of them. But one of the major, major things uh, uh, or policies we focused on was the Patriot Act. And we broke it down about how that uh, was creating a police state. Bill, can you go into a little bit about what some of the as- what aspects of the P- Patriot Act are still uh, affecting us in a police state way? Yes, yeah, so the USA Patriot Act, uh, another very diabolically misnamed piece of legislation, which incidentally, uh, Gary mentioned that uh, Republicans were very much involved in building the police state. Well, this is a very good example. The uh, USA Patriot Act, unfortunately, was introduced by uh, a very good congressman, uh, uh, Jim Sensenbrenner of Wisconsin, Republican. And uh, the Republicans passed it. Uh, most of the opposition came from liberal Democrats. President Bush, of course, uh, signed it, George W. Bush. This was in response to the 9-11 terrorist attacks when everybody was in a state of shock and that's usually when bad Mm. things like this are put forward uh, as uh, solutions. And so it was deemed unpatriotic and anti-American to stand up against it. And fortunately, as uh, uh, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul points out in the, the new film, Police State, his father, Ron Paul, was very outspoken in opposition to this. Ron Paul was a Republican, uh, had on our Freedom Index has the highest uh, rate, had the highest rating while he was in office for for many years. And the highest freedom rating. Why, yes, and why why was he opposed to it? Because he could see in the text itself, and here was the other thing: the in, the whole text wasn't even presented to the. Uh, uh, to the Congress. It was like Obamacare, we have to pass it and then we'll find out later what's in it. Uh, He pointed out that this was giving vast new unconstitutional powers to the federal government. And it was uh, giving the FBI and the US Marshal Service and then later the the, uh, Department of Homeland Security vast new powers. Uh, It gave the IRS uh, and its FinCEN branch vast powers to uh, intrude without warrants into our bank accounts and all of our financial operations. Uh, so it gave uh, the, the power to the federal government, the FBI, NSA, to monitor uh, Americans' uh, communications, emails, uh, phone telephone calls, calls all of the all text messages. So uh, it, it's been it's gone through a number of permutations. It gets uh, reenacted. Uh, every couple of years, and uh, unfortunately, the uh, the most uh, dire additions that were that were put in there have not been have not been removed. Yeah, um, well, that's interesting that you mentioned. I'd, when was the last time it was reactivated? Do you guys know? And when would it be up? Is there a sunset on it coming shortly? Does anyone know? Uh, good question. Uh, do you know the answer to that, Gary? <laughs> I, I think there was a sunset, but I, I think it got reauthorized, but I'm not absolutely sure. Uh, yeah, uh, so, I know it's still so in effect, not, but I think there was a sunset clause. Yeah, yeah. That probably sounds like right. another way we can, that, that sounds like a solution-oriented uh, 
something happening there because maybe next time it's up for reauthorization, uh, we can put enough pressure for, for, for that not to happen, right? I mean, uh, the Patriot Act, as far as I hear, is still considered one of the most draconian policies that has been passed for uh, over the last, uh, probably in American history. How do you, what do you think? Is that a fair characterization there, Gary? Yes, I think it is. We should offer some some hope, and I'd like to point out uh, several things, although it looks like we're running out of time once again, but yeah. maybe we could pick this up in the next episode, but I want to mention the Constitution, the Second Amendment, and local police as being three examples yeah. that we uh, still have in place today uh, that are standing in the way of full-fledged tyranny. That's a great idea, and I think we're going to come back. Well, hey, folks, be sure to visit thenewamerican.com for more truth behind the news. And if you don't have one already, make sure to get a subscription to the print edition of the New American Magazine. The New American offers in-depth coverage and analysis that you will not find anywhere else. Subscribe at thenewamerican.com or by calling our office at 800-727-8783. Sophia paused before the door. It read, Department of Bi-Digital Convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world, the one of everlasting life, of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep, and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past in Endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of The New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from ShopJBS.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's Issue of the New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0. Welcome back. So one of the things I think we need to talk about, especially with what happened this week uh, with the shooter out in Maine, is the Second Amendment. How does that fit in And uh, as far as not being a police state and as far as being targeted? It didn't take long before the Biden administration already called, or Biden called, for the ban on assault rifles, which I think was actually implemented already in the 90s uh, before that sunset. So Gary, you want to take this one, talk about the importance of the Second Amendment here? Well, absolutely. The chief reason why the Second Amendment is in the Constitution is because it's necessary for the security of a free state. In fact, that's right in the amendment itself, that the people need to be armed so that if the government were to overstep its proper authority, mm. uh, the people would be able to uh, protect themselves. You sound to, like uh, an extremist, uh, To protect uh, going down the slippery slope into uh, tyranny. Uh, the opposite of that, the opposite of the Second Amendment, is where the government has a monopoly of power. Yeah, and uh, that's what we've had in regimes such as Nazi Germany, uh, Stalinist Russia, and, and so forth. And this is, of course, why would-be totalitarians, they always want to take away the guns. 
So uh, that that is something I don't think was really addressed in the movie, the, mm. the police state. Uh, perhaps you might recall otherwise, Bill, but but uh, you know, as long as we have the Second Amendment and as long as the uh, uh, American people are well armed, uh, that is a, a huge impediment. It's a huge obstacle uh, preventing uh, totalitarians or will be totalitarians from taking power. Right. I suppose it's no coincidence that they have been trying for decades to infringe on our Second Amendment rights. So where does local police fit in this? That has been uh, our second longest or oldest action campaign being us, the John Birch Society. I don't know if that many people realize why it's so, so important that our police stay local. Well, every regime or every government is going to have law enforcement or will have a police force of some type. And if you look at totalitarian regimes, that police force is beholden mm-hmm. to that totalitarian regime. Yeah. The purpose of the police in a totalitarian society is to keep the regime in power, to do what the totalitarians want the police to do. Uh, and of course, they're used to suppress the people. And how different that is from a free society, such as we've historically had in the United States of America, where the police forces are not beholden to the regime in Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are beholden instead to the people, to the people in the local communities that they are entrusted to protect and serve. Yes. And, and so we've had all these many thousands, in fact, tens of thousands of local police forces across the country. And what we see happening step by step is an attempt on the part of the national government to bring about a nationalization of those police forces. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, we see that most with when we have riots. For instance, obviously, we had the BLM Antifa riots in 2020. And we saw this call for, I think they call, you know, they use words like oversight of, mm-hmm. of local police or whatnot. And this brings up another um another strategy of the statist the globalist the communist they've all used it and that is what's called the pincers is it pincers or pinchers strategy well it's also described as pressure from above below and pressure Uh, from above yeah bill did you want to explain some of that and then maybe we get gary back in here but gary if you want to supplement that because this is so important that people realize this is how it works well, right. So if you look at uh, uh, what we just went through uh, a couple of years ago, all across the country and not just here, but all across the world, really, it was international movement. And in all of these BLM, Antifa uh, riots, uh, we see the same leftist and I would even say communist organizations organizing them and we've written about it very extensively particularly the Liberation Road organization and uh, uh, several others like Answer, uh, International Answer which is a communist organization run by Brian Becker and the Revolutionary Communist Party and so when you see any of these big demonstrations like right now that we're seeing with Hamas uh, Uh, and its attack on Israel, demonstrations in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Seattle, Portland, uh, New York, York, Los Angeles, they all have the same signs. And why is that? Because these communist organizations are organized nationwide. They are being funded by many of the people, the usual suspects, by the Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, Soros Foundations, etc. Why do they do that? They're applying 
pressure from below creating the these claims that the system has to be overthrown pressure from above with the political uh, advocates in congress and in the media uh, and together they have us in a pincher attack they're they're calling for the overthrow of this society they're saying that uh, local police are corrupt we need to have a national police force uh, well we know that uh, local police can become corrupt local police uh, or sheriff's departments can uh, uh, do bad things uh, but the damage that they can do is limited by the size of their jurisdiction and there is a uh, you the the remedy is you can either leave that jurisdiction or it is much easier to organize and throw out the bums and mm -hmm. correct the the corruption when you have a national police force that is corrupt that is totalitarian uh it's very difficult to uh to change that to overthrow it. your recourses are almost nil because you have no judicial recourse so you can't just bring lawsuits against them we see that in every totalitarian state um, so the only thing then left is uh protecting yourself with the second amendment and i i would point out that in the movie uh the only real reference to that came from a uh refugee from north korean uh communism yanmi park the young lady who uh, came over here and uh, she very articulately said you know it's different here in the united states because the citizens have guns you know in the in communist countries in north korea where she grew up uh, you couldn't have a gun unless you were uh, part of the uh, government, the monopoly of force in the communist government. Do you, do you guys think, uh, I'll start with you, Gary, do you think there's uh, anything to this pincher strategy as far as why all these people are being let in through the southern border? Because it, it's, it looks so chaotic, it looks so destructive, so suicidal. I imagine uh, that's part of the strategy, right? Let all these folks in, let all this lawlessness in, let it erupt, and then they're saying, hey, we got to save the day. Is that what's what may be at play here? Oh, yes, absolutely. And of course, there are multiple gains on, on the part of the people who are behind those, those policies. And uh, of course, they're not that stupid, Paul. <laughs> no. uh, they're really not that stupid. There, there really is uh, a conspiracy and or an organized plan, and uh, we are following an open borders policy under the Biden regime for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And part of that is just what you said. I mean, part of it is to uh, uh, help to facilitate uh, uh, anarchy, uh, to help facilitate uh, violence uh, and division, uh, which uh, creates uh, a demand for more police powers, not at the local level, which is where it should be, uh, where the police powers should be, mm -hmm. but instead at a, uh, a national level. Uh, and uh, But there are other gains, too, in terms of this massive uh, immigration. Uh, and those include building uh, a new constituency mm -hmm. to replace the constituency that we already have, which is a stumbling block to the centralization of powers that the would-be totalitarians, the would-be masters of the police state, want to bring about. Yes, because uh, a lot of these folks, I'd imagine most of them who are coming over the border, they don't have, they're obviously not, likely not familiar with the Constitution. They don't have those values and principles. They just know that, I'd imagine most of them, they just know that America is uh, prosperous, it's, it's free or not. But then there are also lots who I bet are coming in here to do harm. Oh, we can't yes. really rule that out, can we? No. 
not only can they we not r- rule it out, but it, it's just common sense that many are coming through who are subversives. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, Bill, we have a few seconds here. Did you want to add anything to the, to that? Well, yes. In fact, we know with a certainty that uh, because there have been many, uh, many people on the terrorist watch list who have been apprehended attempting to come into the country. And we have not only uh, terrorists, but MS-13 thugs and uh, cartel operatives who have been arrested and many more, of course, who haven't been arrested. I mean, we're talking about tens of thousands. Now, they can cause in incredible chaos and destruction in our country, even those that are not sent here specifically to to cause uh, overthrow of the country. We'll be right back. As a lumberjack, my job is pretty straightforward. I see the wood, I chop the wood. We even hear crazy ideas on how kids should learn. Visit thenewamerican.com for real news you can trust. Welcome back, folks. So I found that interesting when I was going through our old issues, uh, which I keep plugging. I don't mean to, but in this 2002 issue here, there's an article where we were raising concerns about people who were born in America. Uh, They went, they turned in, they went to join the Taliban in Afghanistan. We initially, we, I guess we ended up catching them or whatever. But we were concerned that these people were being held at Gitmo without adequate evidence. Okay. How have things changed? Uh, what do you think of that, Bill? I mean, have things really changed that drastically? And does that show how dire of a situation we are in? Well, yes. And uh, of course, every sensible American say, well, if it's a terrorist, then he should be uh, apprehended and held and and uh, dealt with in a a proper judicial way. And so for a lot of people, the Gitmo thing seemed like a legitimate uh, way to go. But one of the things I I particularly appreciated about uh, Dinesh D'Souza's police state uh, film is that they do show in there uh, uh, several different instances of where uh, the FBI, under direction of the Department of Justice, uh, cooked up uh, Islamic terrorist threats. That is, they uh, uh, went went out and found people that they could convince to uh, uh, be involved, get themselves involved in a terrorist plot, and then. The FBI gave them the the money, gave them the the resources, uh, and they didn't even go into the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. But there, they, the F, FBI actually gave them the explosives for uh, that attack on the trade trade towers. So there is built into this uh, into this whole deep state operation a documented tendency for them to oh, if we don't have enough terrorists to justify concern enough public concern we better cook up some more incidents and so they go out there and do that and we saw that more recently with the uh, uh, so-called kidnapping plot of governor whitmer in michigan Uh, and i believe the evidence still uh, points to that on january 6 that we had agent provocateurs uh, we still have not uh, gotten to the bottom of that in the congressional investigations. The Department of Justice, the FBI have stonewalled, have refused to answer questions on whether or not they had agents there uh, 
actually provoking these incidents and leading the so-called in insurrection there. So uh, right now what we're seeing is that this is being applied broad brush across the, the, the whole nation. And we had one of the uh, federal marshals there, uh, a woman who, in, in the video, in the police state video, who pointed out the very, very concerning issue that the U.S. Marshal Service and FBI have taken a data uh, map of everyone who was in Washington, D.C. during the period of uh, January 4 through January 7. And they are so that's thousands of people, many of whom, uh, hundreds of thousands of people, many of whom were not even there for the rally. But they are saying, look, this mm. is our terror uh, watch list. We need to ramp up the numbers. We need to arrest more people to make it look uh, better for CNN. So CNN can say that we had we've arrested so many uh, terrorist suspects. And this this gets put into the whole uh, calculus there. And you and I and everyone, every American is at risk because uh, of what they are now uh, determining is a domestic extremist. Yeah. So I think we've done a pretty good job of establishing. And I wasn't I'll be honest, I wasn't exactly I don't know where I stood. I, I, I'm, I'm concerned. And uh, I know that we're not Stalin's Soviet Union or whatnot, but uh, there is, are so many concerning uh, characteristics of a police state that we already have. I think we need to spend the rest of the time talking about what can we do. You both have already mentioned that the movie didn't really uh, dive into solutions and whatnot. And I, that's usually the problem with all all this stuff is everybody's great at pointing out a problem, including us. But the hard part is always what can we do? Gary, why don't you start us off? What, what's most obvious? Oh, uh, let me, I just I, happen to have in my pocket. You're going to whip out your handy dandy um, constitution. You know, I have a copy uh, of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Never fails. It never fails. So uh, <laughs> this is what we need to get back to. And part of the good news, because there is a lot of good news. Okay, good. Uh, is the fact that this Constitution is still in place. Yes. It is still the law Despite of the land. Despite efforts to and change that. And all we that. have to do is create the awareness and get back to it and apply the Constitution and our problems in terms mm. of uh, uh, this advance of the, uh, of the police state will be stopped. Yes. Bill, did you want to add on to that as far as details? More, what do we yeah, do? So do we hand these out to legislators? How do we get back to that? And so there are very, uh, uh, very real steps that can and, and must be taken. We've already talked about the broken border and the millions of unvetted, uh, undocumented uh, people who have come into the country and who have been scattered all over and it's still continuing. And we don't have any hope of, of uh, changing uh, for reversing this and going back to the Constitution as long as we uh, allow our national sovereignty and our sovereign borders to be just uh, uh, destroyed at will like this. Uh, there are uh, each year when uh, the, the survey is done by Pew uh, group uh, on people uh, across the whole world who want to come to the United States, it's over a billion people that say they want to come here. 
Uh, and now uh, the Biden administration has said basically, um, as the Border Patrol guy said, it's he's invited everybody to come. And that's what we're seeing. And so uh, that is one thing that we we have to do at the state level since uh, before we we get to 2024. We have to get our governors to start enforcing the borders there and to take whatever confrontation they need uh, against the federal government, legal and otherwise, uh, to enforce the border. Uh, that's part of the, the federal government uh, guarantees Article 4, Section 4 to protect us against invasion. They're not doing that, the federal mm -hmm. government is. So uh, uh, getting control of the border is one. Uh, uh, getting rid of the USA Patriot Act uh, is another. And we will have a chance to do that again in Congress. And again, uh, Republicans will be tempted to vote for it uh, because of the uh, whatever new. Because uh, it sounds patriotic. Is, <laughs> is brought in by, by opening up our borders. But uh, the Patriot Act has to be and all of its many things that we've discussed has, has to be taken away because uh, you won't really have any return to the Constitution. We can have everybody pledging to the Constitution, but as long as we leave all these unconstitutional issues in place, then uh, it's an empty pledge. What, what about working with local sheriffs to help them realize that they they can maybe, I don't know, keep the feds out? Uh, is there anything that local sheriffs can do as far as keeping uh, the, the federal agencies from spying on us, from, from coming, you know, in, into our areas and whatnot, arresting people? I mean, I've heard that. I've heard that argument be made. It's like the local sheriff could have stopped SWAT and whatnot. Is that possible? Well, yes, so the, the sheriffs have taken an oath to the Constitution, and so have other public mm -hmm. officials. It's yeah. not just congressmen, not just the president of the United States who, who takes that oath, but uh, yeah. uh, it's also the county sheriff, uh, uh, it's, it's state legislators and whatnot. So if they really are going to abide by that oath and uphold the Constitution, what they need to do is they need to stand between the citizens yes. on the one hand and the usurpation of power on the part of the federal government on the other hand. So, so you think one of the most important things we could do is help sheriffs realize yes. the power that they have and, and the right. responsibility that they right. have. Right, sheriffs and other uh, elected officials. But uh, uh, just to kind of wrap up, Paul, uh, I want to give another plug for the, the movie because it really does a good job of exposing the problem. And I would recommend that people go to policestatefilm.net uh, to find out how they can see the movie. But beyond that, uh, I also recommend that people become involved, become members of the John Birch Society in order to do something about this problem because Ac we do have the agenda. Yes, excellent. We have we have the information you need and we have the organization. That's always been the problem. If we get enough organization, we can make this happen. And the fact, like you said, we still have the Constitution intact. We can still win and we probably still will. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the New American Daily. 